Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 2nd of May. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in markets, finance, as opposed to today, Scotty, we should say what to be expected with central banks this week. Yeah, I dare say that today's podcast will be pretty quick because it's going to be all about really what happens in the next few days. Well, not quite, though. Not so fast. So I always check breaking news uh, before we record this podcast, and I couldn't help but notice Mike Cannon-Brooks' Grok Ventures is looking to acquire a stake in AGL Energy up to 11.5%. Now, this is coming from a JP Morgan statement. Interesting that. I've only got the breaking news in front of me uh, coming from Reuters. Uh, There's no response on the ASX yet to AGL or from AGL Energy, I should say. But I had anticipated that something might be happening, that we could see something come to fruition when we saw that downgrade coming from AGL Energy today. If our listeners remember, we did see Mike Cannon-Brooks's Grok Ventures in partnership with Brookfield put an offer on the table for AGL, which was swiftly rejected by its board. I'm just saying that it wasn't enough. But, um, you know, when you start uh, downgrading your expectations, um, it's expecting a $60 million impact coming through in FY22, $13 million in FY23 from its Loyang A unit outage. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, downgrading its underlying profit, and that has, uh, I guess, been pretty good timing for this announcement coming from Grok Ventures. Yeah, we'll see what it goes to. It sounds a little bit opportunistic, of course. It's a temporary factor that, uh, that's led to this uh, this outage, but obviously it's going to be a very costly one, so we'll see where it goes. But uh, yeah, lots of uh, intrigue as to how this will go and play out longer term. Every offer is opportunistic, and so yeah, it's always an interesting uh, scenario because you could get the sense that... Uh, but yeah, it wasn't over yet in terms of Mike Cannon-Brooks's aspirations because they're, you know, clearly it's not just financial. It's uh, part of an, well, part of a, you know, an ideology, um, really, and a, a push oh, to... It's it's clearly financial as well, though. I know what you're saying, but yeah, it's clearly the, uh, the main motivator is, is the yeah, financial as, side. Yeah, as in every offer, as uh, I clearly stated before. So let's get to what happened today in the markets. And we did have... Yeah, widespread selling, Scotty. Run us through the day on equities. Yeah, there's uh, a few places to go and escape, but uh, it wasn't that pronounced. The selling has got to be said. It only really when it took back the other games we saw to go and end last month. So uh, interesting to see how we go and, and navigate this next few days. We've got a lot of uh, markets that have been priced for uh, an aggressive policy response, uh, not so much from the RBA, but certainly from the Fed. Uh, how are we going to end up? Yeah, will we see a, a sell the rumor, buy the fat kind of uh, outcome? I'm not sure. It's uh, a lot's going to come down to the language, and I dare say the uh, the big event will be around that Fed meeting, in particular. Uh, that's going to steal the headlines, particularly what it's going to do with its balance sheet. It's going to be really instrumental. You'd imagine later this week. Okay, so run through the scenarios. I mean, um, the balance sheet. We know that they've said that they're going to be more aggressive with the tightening. We pretty much know that it's going to be a 50 basis point hike. 
So in what ways could we see the market react to uh, aggressive tightening of the balance sheet? Well, that's the question. You'd imagine that uh, the rates market's clearly got this priced in, but is it actually implied in equity market valuations and other asset market allocations? And I don't know the honest answer to that. But certainly when you look at uh, no various measures of volatility out there at the moment between asset classes, equity market still seems very relaxed in comparison. And that sounds strange given some of the moves we've been seeing recently. But it is uh, is intriguing to see how we're going to play out. The messaging is going to be really key. But uh, that balance sheet runoff, uh, we know it's going to be aggressive. And we know that during the past cycle, when we added to that liquidity story, added to the size of that balance sheet, it went and lifted all boats. Whilst some of those boats have come off as the liquidity tide has started to go and be speculated it's going to come back. When it actually happens, that's going to be the uh, the, cre- the key test. What will that go and do to uh, the hard asset valuations? And I wish I knew the answer, but uh, to be definitive, so I can't give it to you. Yeah, safe to say it was a yeah pretty dismal session on Wall Street on Friday that spilled over to the local market. The S and P ASX 200 closing down by one and a quarter percent, seven thousand three hundred and forty one. Um, look, there was a bit of news around today. Qantas, Qantas shares did really well. I spoke with Julia Lee from Berman Invest, who said, look, that was a really strong update in her view coming from a Qantas because, um, you know, it's, it's still a very uncertain environment, but it was confident enough to put out its improved guidance. The share price was up by 3%. Points bet holdings, yeah, up 6%. Oh, Slammed sure. last week. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, that, that, that's my uh, m- main reversion again, I guess, quarter kind of. Well, anyways, it was on the call today. So if you're interested in getting a, a view on points bet, look, the consensus was it's just, it's too risky. There's a lot of spend that needs to take place to really grab market share, not only here, but particularly in the United States. And it's volatile and I could go on, but you can listen to it yourself. Um, look, we had a number, you know, a number of those tech stocks coming under pressure. Uh, Goodman Group is another one that got sold off uh, today. It uh, released $500 million in U.S. 10-year sustainability-linked bonds. Um, I can't really see any other news associated with it, but um, yeah, it's been a market darling through this whole, you know, pandemic period. So I would imagine some, some might be seeing that as, a, as an opportunity to buy in down by seven and a quarter percent. Yeah, uh, long bond yields uh, and also inflation expectations. They had another big uplift on Friday in Wall Street and also here locally today. And I just wonder whether that uh, that story now about uh, you know price perfection. Many people came on the program and spoken that uh, that ilk about. Goodman Group, and I just wonder whether that change in market dynamic and that you know, shift that we might be looking for a prolonged period of higher rates might be starting to erode those bond proxy names, no matter how good they are and how good their balance sheet is. Mm-hmm. Transurban Group was up today. Uh, that was up by about a quarter of 1%. And some of the miners did all right. So we've got Chinese markets closed. Um, yeah, it wasn't the only uh, market closed today. So Singapore, China is closed. UK, incidentally, will be tonight as well. Um, but we saw Fortescue. Fortescue doing all right. Uh, we did see, I guess, a better performance coming through from Iron Ore. 
um, particularly, you know, last week um, to end the week. So is that what's going on with Fortescue? What do you think? Uh, piece of string kind of territory. Uh, there wasn't obviously no trade today in Delhi and Arnold Futures. There was a bit of a pop in spot markets on Friday evening, but uh, it's not unusual to see events like that around Chinese holidays. And we're only going to get, I think, Thursday is the only day that Chinese markets will actually be operational this week. So... Uh, all I can tell you is that uh, iron ore inventories uh, were up about a smidgen, 400,000 odd tonnes at the ports over the last week. So certainly nothing from a fundamental perspective probably to go and, uh, and explain what's going on. Set 32 was up by three-tenths of a percent. Rio up by about 1%. So that was really, you know, a lot of the positivity there. Woodside, Santos, um, actually Westpac was up by about a quarter of a percent as well. But it, you do get the sense, <laughs> rightfully so, I suppose, that investors are just sort of watching and waiting, um, you know, RBA tomorrow, FOMC Thursday, BOE in there as well, Statement of Monetary Policy, U.S. Non-Farm Payrolls Report, it's a big week. Yeah, and earnings still season, yeah. uh, not even halfway through in the States, we've had the big boppers in terms of market capitalization, we're halfway through, but yeah, some uh, some big names and a lot more uh, real economy, uh, should I call them names, coming through. So good sense as to how the, uh, the U.S. consumer is faring outside of the economic data we receive uh, each and every day. Home Depot, Walmart is in there. Also, I dare say that here locally, Block will steal some some focus. Um, you know, given given all those afterpay investors and the locally listed unit. Um, look, we've got a couple events ongoing here this week. Last week's de- Tech Decoded was a rip roaring success, and if you sort of get the feeling you should know what's going on in crypto and DeFi and the rest of it, but you don't, uh, we're holding an an um, an investor. Well, briefing, I guess you could call it. No frills. So starting with the basics. And look, even if you're not dying to get into crypto, I think it is worthy for investors to at least have a a basic understanding of of what's going on out there. So that's called Cracking Crypto. You can um, sign up, register for that at ausbiz.co forward slash Cracking Crypto. And uh, if you can't watch it, we can make it available for you as catch up. Um, Yeah, what was your best interview of the day today, Scotty? Um... I actually enjoyed my chat with uh, Stephen Innes from uh, from Spy Asset Management. Oh, so he's just, very good. Value. Yeah, just getting a wrap around the grounds and everything else, and just reinforce the other uh, point that uh, it's going to be all about the Fed this week, and particularly any you know, commentary around the other uh, balance sheet. And you no, know, is uh, no fifties and a new twenty five. Does that mean if it's going to get more aggressive, does the Fed start to you know laying the groundwork for seventy fives, not fifties, the upcoming meeting? So you can see why there's a bit of anxiousness out there amongst investors. Anxiousness uh, maybe is what helped uh, really push down the Aussie broad. Aussie broadband ticker code ABA share price today. So it did come out with a quarterly update, um, but its share price absolutely hammered. So it's third quarter trading update. And look, by all accounts, it wasn't that bad, but the share price is off by 27%. It was a serial outperformer. It's also sort of in the tech space, I guess, but we've got a changing interest rate environment and everything else that we talk about ad nauseum. And so today really got punished. It was the stock of the day. Let's listen to what Mark Gardner from Macro Capital and Francesco DeStratis from Ord Minette had to say about ABB. Still seeing significant growth. I think this is probably just more of a hiccup in their, in their growth side of things. Um, you, know, I, you mentioned the over-the-wire transaction. Uh, they're seeing that as being on track. Uh, subscribers, they, they're seeing some good growth in their um, uh, broadband subscribers. Um, so, so it's not as if there wasn't any growth there. It's just that it's it's there's not as much growth. So, look, I, I, I'd be patient and just see what the analysts come up with it 
with with it tomorrow. But to me, it looks like over the next week or so, there might be some opportunity to buy in. If you go back and have a look at the the days where Aussie Broadband's given an update to the market for the last year minimum, um, they've been fantastic updates. And I and I think it, um, I think probably half this move is people were just you know almost in the routine of expecting that Aussie Broadband always reports fantastic and. As, um, as Francesco said, there wasn't really it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd be much, I'd be more of a inclined to be buying the dip for sure. So that is not going into the portfolio now. Although, um, yeah, they were far from haters of Aussie broadband. You can listen to that entire conversation if you want to go on the website, or you can listen to it in podcast form as well. So we're halfway through an election campaign, Scuddy, and we're starting to really get the rubber hitting the road in terms of policy. Boy, that was a cracker coming from the Labour Party over the weekend on housing, wasn't it? Yeah, certainly uh, got uh, everyone uh, hot under the collar on uh, social media, including myself, uh, last night. And um, just another one of those Band-Aid solutions that uh, no attempts to go and solve uh, housing affordability by just adding to uh, incrementally to uh, marginal demand and uh, I just wonder where it goes and, and ends up. We've already got interest rates at rock bottom levels. We've got huge amounts of uh, you know, stimulus coming through when it comes to supporting these uh, these buyers to make things just affordable. Where does it stop? Uh, I, it's totally unsustainable and you think about you know, how, how, long, how long can this actually go on for? Uh, we're going to go and make it so... Uh, so difficult to go and increase supply that the only solution is these kind of things and i just find it incredibly disappointing that this is all we can come up as a nation we've got ourselves in a position now where it's such an important asset class it's the uh, the, the biggest store of wealth for, uh, for almost every single australian household that uh, no one whether it's uh, politicians and the electorate is willing to go and do anything about it property sector loves it big surprise there yeah real surprise isn't it yeah after all that stimulus through the uh, the pandemic as well well speaking of that brings us back to the rba so genuinely genuinely not what should the rba do what do you think the rba will do tomorrow they'll do 15 uh i would expect that they were going to come out with some sort of uh clarification statement from one of the other uh, rba watches i haven't seen that so i'm pretty confident that we've got something locked and loaded 15 that's pretty cautious and i dare say that uh, whilst they'll have to go and keep a, a hawkish bias uh, when it comes to the uh, the outlook, uh, I reckon they'll push back against uh, aggressive market pricing, as they've been doing throughout this entire cycle. Uh, one thing I do agree with them is that I uh, know the level of tightening that's required here relative to the rest of the world to go and tame inflation and tame our economy is going to be significantly less. Yeah, I think that uh, 15 sounds right about right. That would take it to 25 basis points. It allows them to, well, to retain credibility i suppose and the fact that they have been more dovish than most central banks and for good reason they have repeatedly said that they'd be waiting for wages um you know why change completely Mm. but at the same time it does allow them to retain um some credibility so it's like a credibility saving face and you know the economy can handle a 15 basis point hike of course but it's the signal that it sends right um and then also you know, when you throw the complications of it being an election cycle on top, um, you know, some people see it as being political. Some people is it see it as being um, non-political. You know, you'll never win. I don't think anything they do, they'll never win on that front. There will always be uh, the detractors. But uh, let, let's hope, let's hope this will be the first hike coming through since 2010. And uh, we'll be covering it all. You'll be live at 2.30 with Annette Beecher, a whole host of expert guests to give perspective. So again, 
It's not just why. It's not just who, what they should have done, what we want them to do. It's what does it actually mean then? You know, we'll see the initial market reaction, but what does it mean for your investments? And that includes, you know, if you've got property investments, we know you're out there. You tell us that you have invested in property as well. And, uh, you know, what's going to come for, you know, for everybody really as we uh, continue to deal with a very hot housing market, as we continue to deal with very high levels of household debt and rising inflation. Yeah, proceed with caution. I'm sure the RBA will look to go down that path. But uh, yeah, I remember when the uh, last uh, hiking cycle started back in all those uh, those years ago. I think it was uh, October 2008. I was in uh, in Latvia, I think of all places, and uh, trying to go and run. Uh, and, uh, Parts of a bank balance sheet uh, whilst on holidays overseas uh, in that kind of environment was uh, was quite interesting. That was a bit of a surprise, that move from the RBA. Maybe uh, no time will go and be uh, similar this uh, this episode. And not everyone's on board with the 15 basis point hike, but uh, let's hope it gets underway. See, I can't remember the exact moment or where I was when the RBA hiked interest it rates last. It was bloody freezing. In, in, uh, I'm pretty certain... Uh, it was was it Riga? I'm trying to think of where it was, but uh, it was definitely the Baltic states, and it was bloody cold, and uh, it made news headlines around the world because it was the first developed market central bank. Yeah, to go I remember all policy. that. Yeah, yeah. I think I was just probably in a newsroom, head down, bum up, and big yellow. If anybody remembers it, um, old school Sky News business days, big yellow flashing lights and walls. Carson and Scott bells probably going crazy. Has shout out to Carson wherever you are out there. Uh, you certainly brought a lot of joy around that RBA <laughs> rates I'll decision. I'll see if I can get my inner casting <laughs> going tomorrow at, uh, at 2.30. Do it. Do it. Okay. So we'll wrap it for today. Great guests lined up for tomorrow. Catch up with everything you need to online or via the app. And we'll see you at 8.30. We're live once again. See you for RBA Day.